Welcome to Rad Reading, a bookish podcast where the R stands for Refresh and the D stands for Discover, and where we try to help you do those two things for your reading life. I'm Ronnie Lauren, a best-selling romance author who likes her reading life to be big on variety and full of complicated characters. And I'm Dawn Alexander, an indie editor who never met a whodunit she didn't want to solve or an intricate plot she didn't want to untangle. We are two very different readers, but two very good friends who love to talk books. Join us as we tackle reading roadblocks, give our best bookish tips, and of course, recommend all the great reads that have kept us turning the pages that week. Let's get started. So welcome to our first podcast. Um, I'm Ronnie. And I'm Dawn. And before we get started about, you know, our topic of the day, what we wanted to do first, since this is our very first episode, um, is talk about why we're doing this. So I'm a writer. And when people ask me what I do, and I say that, um, I get a lot of, oh, I used to love to read, or, you know, I read when I was a kid, or I read before I had kids, um, but they're not reading now. And there's this sadness or this wistfulness to it. And it makes me, you know, sad for them, because reading is such a rich part of my life. Um, and Dawn, you hear the same thing, right? Yes, I was on Facebook recently and I saw a conversation between two of my high school friends where one woman was just lamenting the fact that she used to read all the time and she always had a book with her and she would check out like 15 books at a time from the library. And she was talking about how she had read one book in the past four months. And that just hurt my heart to see that. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of people's story. And it was my story for a while too. When I went to college, there was so much reading involved, you know, for, I got a master's degree. So six years of college that when I got out, I stopped kind of reading for fun um, and got burnt out. And it wasn't until many you know, years later, actually, that I got back into my reading life. So what this podcast is aiming to do is if you are lo- have lost that part of your life or you don't know which books to pick up or you don't know how to restart that habit, we're gonna have tips and tricks. We're gonna have recommendations. We're gonna have fun kind of deep dive topics, all kinds of things to get you excited about your reading life again. And if you are already a reader, um, there's still stuff here for you because we're gonna talk about how to refine your reading life, make it better, better picks for what you're picking for yourself You know, to read. So how do you pick books that you like? Um, there are some tips and tricks for that. So lots and lots of things to cover. Yes, our goal is for you to refresh and discover reading because it's totally rad. <laughs> right. And it absolutely does not start stand for Ronnie and Dawn. That's not how this no. started at all. No. no, that's not it at all. <laughs> um, so having said that, each week is going to have a theme. So our goal is to have a weekly show. Um, and we have four different themes plus a bonus episode. So why don't you talk about our first one, Dom, which is reader roadblocks. So these are the things that are stopping you from reading. What is standing in your way? What keeps you from picking up that book? And that's what we're going to be doing this week is a reader roadblock episode um, that we figured that's the easiest way to start because most of us who aren't reading, it's because there's some roadblocks sitting in the way. So we're going to talk about a really popular one um, coming up. But first, our second theme that we're going to have, which will happen next week, um, are reader wise. So Dawn, why don't you tell us a little bit about what is a reader why? This is what draws you to a certain book. Why do you read certain genres? Why are you drawn to a certain author? And how do you dig into that to expand from it and find other books to read that you really enjoy? 
So next week, you'll see that theme when we tackle the topic of seasonal reading and reading for fall, with, you know, if you read to enhance the season. So that'll be the why for next week. Um, our third theme will be reading upgrades. So this is especially if you already have a reading life, it'll kind of give you things to enhance it or to make it more fun. Um, so our first one will be on book journaling, which I am very passionate about. <laughs> I am just starting book journaling and I am super excited about like notebooks and washi and stickers and all the fun stuff that's going to come with that. Yes. And I'm going to have a long list of supplies to share with you guys because I'm a complete nerd about book journaling. So, and then our last um, theme on the week four will be our read, watch, listen episode. So if you have followed me at all on my blog um, for a while, I have done read, watch, listen as a blog post, which is all the things that month that I loved. Um, that I read, watched, or listened to. So that listen might be an audiobook. Um, more often than not, it's going to be an audiobook. Sometimes it'll be a song or something, but in general, that. And then watch can be TV, movies, anything that we've seen on TV that we like. So not just books. Um, and then some weeks have five, or some months have five weeks. So we'll have bonus episodes on those months that do. And our first one will be about spooky Halloween type themed reads for people that like scary books like me and people who are scared like Dawn. <laughs> yes, I am a self-professed big fat chicken. I am perfectly all right with that about myself. So my recommendations will not be things that have you hiding under the covers. And mine will. <laughs> so there'll be something for everyone. Um, but that is our general overview of our themes. So this week, we're going to go ahead and get started with our reading roadblock. And this week's reading roadblock is near and dear to me because I am very adamant that people should learn how to do this. So usually I'm not going to get too bossy, but I'm a little bossy on this one. Um, if you get stuck on a book because you're not liking it or you're not feeling it, or it's, you know, just too dense or boring or whatever, but you put it down and you refuse to go to something else because you're going to finish it, then I'm going to be here to encourage you not to be a chronic finisher because I am recovering from being a chronic finisher. And in book world, what do we call it, Dom, when you put a book aside? We call it DNF, did not finish. Yes. So this week is all about DNFing, how to do it, <laughs> um, how not to feel guilty about it, and then some tips and tricks for um, getting past those feelings that you don't want to finish it, um, but you feel bad that you're not going to finish it. So, Because DNFing is a very valid reaction to a book. If that book is not working for you, you set it down, you put it aside. Just like you wouldn't make yourself finish eating something you thought was terrible, you don't have to make yourself finish reading this book. And that is okay. It is all right. Yes, because it does present a huge roadblock for a lot of people. Think about that book that's been sitting on your you know, shelf or sitting on your side table of your bed that you're like, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to get to it. But in the meantime, you're not reading anything. So you've basically killed off your reading life with this book that's holding you hostage. Don't let a book hold you hostage. I'm saying that knowing that it's not that easy sometimes to just DNF. So why is it hard? Let's first get through kind of what holds us back because so many people struggle with, you know, doing that chronic finishing thing. So the first one and the one that I hear a lot is I paid for this. Dawn, you said you had a friend the other day that told you this. Yes, I had this exact conversation with a dear friend of mine who we love to get together and just talk books for like hours and she was talking about how she read this particular book. She was halfway, well, I don't even know if she was halfway through it. And she said, I just thought to myself, why am I reading this? I don't like it. I'm not enjoying it. Why am I reading this? And then she said, well, I'm reading it because I paid for it. And I feel like I need to get my money's worth out of it. Right. And she had paid how much for it? 
I think it was a $2.99 book. Right. So very small cost still, but even if it's a small cost, our brain has this thing and it's the sunk cost fallacy, which are hard words to say, but easy words to explain, meaning we felt like we paid for it and now we have to use it. But the flip side of that is our time is also worth something. So if you were spending time doing something you don't want, we all talk about how precious time is, how busy we are, right? So you're going to dedicate all of this time in your life to some book you don't like, or more likely you're not going to because you're not going to read it, right? But you're going to take all the time from your happy reading life to let it sit there. So if you have that sunk cost feeling like I bought this book and now I need to read it because I paid for it. Um, I bought that dinner, so now I need to eat it. Um, So what are some ways to combat this? One can be just being a more discerning reader, right, Dawn? Mm -hmm. Just making sure that you're choosing books that fit what you're in the mood for at that moment and what you enjoy. And we're going to talk in future episodes, too. We're really going to get into how to find that for yourself. Yeah, I think, too, a lot of times, especially if you're in the I used to be a reader phase of your life, that sometimes we think what we used to read is what's going to make us happy as a reader now. And we transition in life. So also our reading transitions, we're gonna get into that probably in a future episode on how your reading changes over time. But I can tell you what I used to read, you know, college age is not what I read now. What I used to read five years ago is not what I read now. So if you're picking up those books that you used to be a huge so-and-so fan and you're picking up that person's books and it's not working for you, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just you've matured or are in a different phase of life that, you know, that doesn't make sense for you anymore. So we will talk about in future episodes, how to better pick books for yourself, how to find what you like. Um, that's a huge topic. So we can't get too deeply into it, but it will decrease you getting stuck in books. If you learn to refine your own taste of what you know, you like. And if you're still trying to figure that out, if you don't have that answer right now, one thing is try new authors and new genres that you're not sure about. Try them via the library. So yes, yes, I am an author who writes books. I make money from books, but we love libraries. Yes, libraries are amazing and awesome, and you should totally use them. The other option on that is to use that look inside feature on Amazon or whatever book buying place you are looking at. Take the time to flip open those few pages, even if it's virtually, and let yourself see, do I like this? Do I like the voice? Do I connect with the character? Sometimes, yes, yes, you have to get a little further into a book to understand or to really be drawn into it, but you can usually get a feeling within those first couple of chapters. Right. And if you read that look inside feature and you get to the end of it where it cuts you off and you're not wanting to get to the next page, maybe it's not the book for you right now. But the good thing about the library thing is that you have no sunk cost. You go to the library, you hate it, you give it back, nothing lost, nothing gained, except either the trip to the library or not even because now you can get all of you know the library's digital library through your phone um, without even having to go. But if you do like buying books instead, um, which thank you, thank you for purchasing and supporting authors. Um, if you bought a book and it's on your shelf or on your you know stack and you don't like it, now this doesn't apply to Kindle books, eBooks or anything, but if you have a physical book, find a worthy place to donate it. So you didn't like it, but it could be somebody else's favorite book. So there are women's shelters, there are homes for the elderly, there are even Goodwill um, that you can give the book and feel good about it, that you spent the money, but somebody else will enjoy it. It doesn't mean it has to be you. Books are meant to be read. And so if that book is just sitting there radiating guilt at you because you haven't read it, it's time to let it go make somebody else feel joy and get it out of your world. And that is okay. 
Yes, it doesn't need to be dusty in your attic. It's not doing anybody any good. And then the next thing that can help you with DNFing is that sometimes DNFing feels very final. Like I will never read this book, but that isn't the only category. The other category can be, I might enjoy this one day, but today it's not that day. So instead of a DNF, a did not finish, this is an NFN, not for now. Right. Because mood reading is a thing. And I know for me, I'm a big mood reader. Are you a mood reader, Dawn? Yes. And this happened to me totally with the book Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. I honestly, I don't remember what was going on in my life at the time I started to read that, but everybody was talking about it. It was this great book. So good. I made it through like the first chapter or two and I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on. I can't figure this. And I just set it aside because I'm not going to read it. I don't know what's going on. And then a couple of months later, I picked it back up and I could not put it down. Like the kids had popcorn for dinner, no dishes got washed, nothing happened but me reading that book. So it was a not for now book. Yes. And I have a lot of those because I am such a mood reader and like I'm trying to read some classics lately because I was that straight A student in high school who skipped a lot of the classics. Um, my high school teacher might be, you know, my high school English teacher might be listening to this. So Miss Stein, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I did read Cliff Notes for some, um, but I tried to read Emma because I like Jane Austen, but I was really busy and kind of in an intense part of my schedule um, a couple months ago. And I just could not get the mental energy to focus on kind of the old fashioned language. I know I will enjoy it one day. I've not gotten rid of the book, but I was okay with saying, okay, it's a not for now. And the way I tackle that with my guilt is if it's a not for now, I have a shelf on Goodreads. So if you're not familiar with Goodreads, it's a website where you can track what you're reading, see other people's reviews. I have a shelf that is called shelved. So I put books there that I've DNF'd, but maybe temporarily. So I wasn't in the mood for it that moment. I'm not getting rid of it or killing it off, you know, but it's something that I might go back to the future. I might not, but I don't feel as bad just putting it on that shelved, you know, virtual shelf. And then I can go back to it if I want to. And if I don't, then I know, you know, if I go back to it and I'm like, ah, still don't feel like reading it, then I know it's probably a permanent enough. Yes. Then it's time to just let it go. And that is okay. And if you do, you know, go back to it a second, a third, whatever time, really just let yourself be okay with saying we're done. We're, we're, we're not going to be friends, me and this book. Well, and I think that leads us into my experience with um, Dark Matter in that everybody else is reading this book. I should love it. I should absolutely be into it. And I just don't get it right now. Yes. So I was reading that book at the time. I think I was probably one of those people that was like, oh my God, Dawn, you need to read this. And you'll find out as we go through this podcast that Dawn and I have very different reading taste. But for this one, I knew this is a Dawn book, <laughs> but it wasn't for her at that moment. But what she's talking about with everybody's reading it and that pressure that you feel is what I call popular crowd syndrome. So this is when there's a big book, it's popular, you see it on all you know the websites and on Twitter and on people, everybody's saying you must read this book. And you feel left out if you pick it up and you're like not into it. So you start thinking like, what's wrong with me? Am I, you know, why am I not getting it? Um, and if you're a social person, that can be really tough. Yes. I am super extrovert, super high communication. I love to talk books with anybody and anytime people are talking about, and there's been a couple of like major bestsellers that I'm like, I don't understand the fascination. 
And as somebody who loves to be a part of the conversation, that's hard, but that can open up a completely different conversation of this is why I don't get this book. You tell me why you think you understand it. And then you have a little bit more to work off of. Yeah, because sometimes the best book conversations are when two people disagree about it. I think that's why Dawn and I like talking books, because we don't always agree on the books that we like. Um, in fact, one you know she's going to recommend later is one that I totally didn't get. So <laughs> it happens, awesome. but, <laughs> <laughs> but it creates a discussion, right? So you can still be social. You can still be part of the conversation. You can still go to that book club meeting if you're in a book club. And if you don't get it, that's totally fine. It happens all the time to me. A big theme in thrillers since Gone Girl has been unreliable narrators. So what that means is you can't trust the person that's narrating the book, the character that's narrating the book. I, except under certain circumstances, the way it's used, it depends, but I generally hate that trope. So a trope being, you know, like a standard that's used in a book, but unreliable narrators drive me nuts. So as soon as I get like a whiff of what I call and Don calls an urn, you are an unreliable narrator, I'm out. But some of the biggest books out there and that have had movies and all of this, you know, press behind them are unreliable narrator books. And I know just not for me and I'm okay with that. Well, in one way you can feel a little bit more involved in that conversation if you start feeling really left out or if you're feeling, I really did not like this. How does everybody else in the world like this? is if you go to a site like Goodreads or like Amazon and you click those one-star reviews, you will find your people who are going, I don't understand any of this. So you can that's, have that camaraderie there. That's totally satisfying, you guys. I'm so into that when I hate a book and I go, and because I'm an author, I don't post negative reviews. I just don't review something, you know, if I don't feel strongly that I loved it, I just don't review it. So I really like when I hate a book to go and see the one-star reviews and go, yes, yes, that's exactly what I was feeling. <laughs> You're right. So it is like this reaffirming thing to go and see other books. And I do the same thing with books that I love, you know, the five-star reviews. I'm like, yes, I know that was great. Right. So yes, you feel free to go and hate read <laughs> you know, some of the reviews. Another thing that you can do to help with the DNFing is if you are the person who was the A student in school and always finish things and you like that little check mark. Not finishing does not mean you failed at something, okay? So you gather valuable information about yourself and about what you like to read by knowing this isn't working for me. So what is not working is information that you are going to you know, use for your future picks, and it's going to help your reading life get better. So you didn't fail. Yes. As a former teacher, I will say you learned something. You gathered, as you said, you gathered the information. So it is not a completely lost experience. It is not... I need those two hours of my life back. It is, I now know this is not the type of book I'm looking for, or maybe this author isn't for me, or maybe I have exhausted this series at this point and book number 37 in this series is where I'm going to stop. Yes. Yeah. Because burnout is real. Sometimes you get into something that you really like enjoyed the first book of it. And then you read everything in that subgenre or everything by that author. And by book 10, you're like, eh, kind of tired of this. Yes. So and just a side note for those of you who are already having, you know, a reading life and you do reading challenges, if you do a reading challenge, sometimes you feel like you have to finish the book in order to count it in your reading challenge. I'm giving you permission, you're hearing it here, <laughs> that you can DNF a book and still count it in your reading challenge because you are still fulfilling the challenge. So 
I'm doing a TBR challenge this year, which is to be read list to try to get through some of my old books. Cause I have books on my shelf that are five, six, 10 years old that have been sitting on my TBR forever. When I get 50 pages into a book and that I bought in 2013 and I'm not loving it and I'm not interested, I can close it, DNF it and feel like I still fulfill the part of the challenge that I was trying to do, which is culling my TBR and trying to you know get it down to size. So I'm still getting it down to size by doing that. So you make up your own rules for your challenge. You don't have to finish it. Say it's 50 pages if that's what your winter rule to be that I read 50 pages. I don't like it. I'm counting it and moving on. I've learned something. And I think it's important to address why we even worry about chronic finishing. Like, why is this important to us as readers? Right. Beyond what we talked about, you know, stopping your reading life, you know, blocking it or slowing it down. Life is too short, you guys, to read bad books. There are so many great books out there and so many authors to discover and so many stories to find that why are you going to sit there and dedicate potentially, you know, five, six, seven, eight hours of your life to something that you're hating? Like, don't do that to yourself. Well, and reading has to compete with so many other things in our lives. We have the internet, you have social media. There's um, Most of us have other humans that cohabitate with us and are demanding things like food and clean clothes. And so if you are taking this time for yourself, which is absolutely not selfish, it's something I fully support, take that time to read. You want to enjoy that because then you're just bitter if you spent, if you're like, I have an hour and a half to read. I sat down and I hate this book. That's not refreshing you. That's not recharging your energy. That's just making you annoyed. Right. And it's really easy for those other distractions to like slide right in and murder your reading life. So Netflix will show up and be like, hey, bro, I'm here for you. You don't have to worry about that book. You can binge watch for the next eight hours, which I'm not against Netflix or binge watching. Big fan, (laughs) but I don't want it to murder my reading life. Okay, so if we've convinced you, which I hope we have, what are some tips for kind of becoming a DNFing master? The first one I like to talk about is figuring out what I just was saying about there's so many distractions or what Don was talking about. There's so many different things. Check first that that's not the problem because sometimes it's not the book itself. It's that we have our phones in our hand or we're constantly putting on, you know, streaming TV instead or going to that first. So if you are feeling that, then try other books first. So you're, you're DNFing this first one, right? You're not feeling it. Pick up another one in a different tone, maybe something a little easier reading. It's still not working. And then you, you know, go on to another book. If that's happening over and over, it might be because you're picking up Facebook too much instead. You're looking at the phone instead. You might need to put in a reading habit. So you can start that with something as simple as just promising yourself at night, after I put the kids to bed or whatever your situation is, I'm going to read five pages. If I want to read more, I can, but I'm just going to promise myself five pages. And then if you do that, you'll get yourself back into picking up the book first instead of picking up your phone and getting sucked into the Facebook vortex or the Twitter vortex um, and you know, reestablish kind of that habit. Because sometimes it's not the book, it's the fact that we live in a world that is full of things trying to distract us. Well, and I think you need to pinpoint what you're reaching for instead of that book and why. And we are going to talk in future episodes about how to pinpoint what you enjoy and to find the book for you. But if you are trying to read a serious literary fiction, like your experience with Emma, and you find that you keep putting it down and turning on Gossip Girl, then maybe you need to look for something lighter to read right then. Maybe your brain or whatever station you're at in life right there isn't set for you to try to process this deep, heavy stuff. 
Um, the same thing, if you're going through a really anxious season in your life or you're really worried about things, then that might not be the best time to pick up like a suspense. Maybe you need to find yourself a rom-com or a YA book where you can go back to where things felt a little bit easier um, and acknowledge the fact that your tastes have changed, that it's okay. Like we were saying, if you are in the middle of this series and it's not working for you anymore, or the books that you used to love, you used to love suspense books, but now you have two little kids and the world seems scary and those suspense books don't give you joy anymore, then it's okay to move away from those. Yes. And I think too, I see this a lot with people who feel like their reading is serious books. Like they kind of pride themselves on reading literary fiction or what's won the Pulitzer or what's won, you know, all these prizes and stuff. Because that's important to their reading life is they want these really like deep literary books. But sometimes our brains are not ready to process that. It doesn't mean that you can't read those. It doesn't mean that you're not smart enough to read those. But sometimes we want something lighter. Romance is good. Not that I have any invested interest in anybody (laughs) reading romance. Um, Lighter suspense. So there's different versions of this suspense. There's, you know, cozy mysteries. There's, you know, things that are just easier reads that have a little bit more of a predictability to them. Like, you know, in a cozy mystery that it's going to be solved, right? Usually there's a cat involved or a bookstore or something, you know, so just look at if you're feeling anxious or you're feeling busy and you can't concentrate, pick up something that's a little more fun and a little lighter. Um, Like Dawn said, if you're watching Gossip Girl instead, which I am totally pro Gossip Girl, I watch it as well. Uh, But that means I want something fun and fluffy and rich people behaving badly and, you know, maybe teen and teen books. So YA, um, you can read YA as an adult, you guys. Yes, that <laughs> so is okay. That's and totally acceptable. I think that's where we go back to your earlier suggestion of if I'm reading something that feels too heavy or feels too scary or feels like just too much at this point, that's when you use your not for now shelf. Mm-hmm. Just set Absolutely. it aside. And maybe two or three months from now, you're in a different place and that book still works for you. Right. And you have to learn how you you, you react to your own books and your mood. So for me, if I'm in a dark mood, I want dark books. Some people, if they're in a dark mood, they want to read light to get out of that dark mood. Me, I want to wallow. <laughs> so <laughs> I am a wallower. And that works for me. So I know that if I'm feeling anxious, I actually read horror, um, which I wrote about in one of my books. So um, if if you happen to be a reader of mine, um, I have a character who does that. But some people find comfort in books that don't make sense to what the mood is. So horror helps anxiety for me. Other people, they're going to need something light. So don't judge yourself for whatever feels right. Go with that and learn that about yourself because it will help. And another thing you can do is if you're a person who reacts to deadlines, so some people do and some people don't. So some people that feels restrictive, um, but other people, it gets things done. So Dawn, I think you're kind of a deadline person, huh? You like having a deadline? Yes. And so if I'm checking a book out of the library and I know that I have to have this book back by a certain time, then I'm more likely to read that book, try to get it done and get it back. Right. And not getting stuck on that one that you're stuck on. So go get a library book that you know you only have two weeks with. That's actually happened to me this week. So I was in the middle of some other book and wasn't quite feeling it. And so I got an audio book from the library and I knew I have 14 days in order to listen to this audiobook. And audiobooks take a while. They're longer reads than you know me reading a paperback. So I read that one first or listened to that one first and I got it done 
in like three days because it's really good. And we'll talk about that book in a future episode. But that deadline did help me kind of get out of the book that wasn't working for me and get into something else. So on the flip side at your library, if you have that feeling of, you know, feel bad when you don't finish a book, go check out like a huge stack of books. Or, you know, you can check them out digitally too. Usually libraries will give you like six to eight books that you can check out, right? So if you have that many and they're all due at the same time, you only can read a couple of them. So start reading them. And if it doesn't work, you can move on to the next one and you don't have to feel bad about it because you know, I can only read two of these anyway, of these eight, or maybe only one. So I'm just going to find the one that like connects with me the most and gets me the most excited. Yes, that's a great way to do taste testing. That's a great way to try out a new author. That's a great way to try out a new series. That's a great way to try out a new genre. Just kind of, ah, okay, I read a little bit of this. This doesn't really work for me. Oh, this one I look up and it's suddenly three hours later, I found my place. Right. And you can do this outside of the library. You can also do this at bookstores. So go and just, instead of worrying about what you've seen online or checking reviews or all of that, just like look at pretty covers and pick up a book and flip a few pages and see do I like this? Do I you know, want to try it? And that will give you kind of more of that excitement of like, oh, this sounds good or oh, this looks pretty. Um, sometimes we just need that like spontaneity in our reading life. Sometimes we get a little too stuck with buying certain things or trying to stick to what we already have bought. Um, so window shopping is fun and you can do it online too. I know we're in COVID time. So you can go on Amazon, like Dawn was saying, the look inside feature and do kind of the same thing. And then when you get to the point that you've decided this book isn't for me, I'm not going to finish it. It can help if you make some notes to yourself about why that didn't work for you. Yes. And it doesn't have to be like a full review. It doesn't have to be for anybody's consumption, but yours. But if you know why you didn't finish it, or if you can pinpoint some things like, this had too much um, heavy language in it, like it was too literary for you, or this was all plot and no character, or for Dawn, if it was like way, way too much deep character insight and no action, that is also something to note because that will help you in the future not pick up those kinds of books. So making those notes can make all the difference. Which we're going to have a whole episode on coming up on book journaling that I am super excited about. Yes, yes. One of the joys of book journaling. So we hope some of these tips have helped you think more deeply about, you know, not finishing those books that you're stuck in and kind of giving yourself a refresh and picking up new things and not feeling guilty if you don't finish something, not feeling like there's something wrong with you if your friends loved it and you're not, you know, finishing it. There's lots of different books out there for you to try. So don't waste time eating that cold oatmeal book that you just are dreading every time um, you go to pick it up. So that is mainly our DNF tips for the week. We'd love to hear um, how you feel about DNFs or if you are pro DNF or if you're a chronic finisher, um, we do have a Facebook page. So if you want to go to Rad Reading Podcast on Facebook and share with us how you feel about DNFs, um, we'll be there and ready to chat with you. But next up each week, um, what we want to do at the end is pick a rad read of the week. So some of our episodes are going to be very book heavy on book recommendations, like next week's with fall reading and seasonal reading. I have a big long list for you guys, but topics like these at the end, we just want to pick a book that we absolutely love and that we want to pass along to you and that we're going to put on a main list on our website that we have um, to you know, kind of build as we go with the podcast. So Dawn, why don't you lead us off with what is your rad wreck of the week? Um, my rad wreck of the week is one of my favorite books ever. I love it so much. 
And Ronnie DNF'd it. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, and that is Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. So what did you love about the book, Dawn? I loved the atmosphere of it. I loved all of the pop culture references. And it's a game. It's a puzzle. And I love solving those things. And so it totally sucked me in. I read it like cover to cover, I think in like two days. We don't want to talk about the movie. We're just going to put the movie aside. The movie by itself is a very good movie, but it is not related to the book, in my opinion, strongly enough. But as a child of the 80s, loved, loved, loved Ready Player One. And so remind me a little bit of the setup. So he's, because I, I tried to read it, as Dawn said, I DNF'd it, and I am an 80s child too. So I thought this is going to be perfect for me. Um, and then I tried to start it and it was so dense with pop culture references and not enough character development for me, which is you're going to see a running theme between me and Dawn is that I want character, character, character. She wants plot and fast action, exciting things. But remind me a little bit of the setup of the book because it's been a long time since I DNF'd it. The setup of the book is basically it is set in a dystopian future where the main character who is a teenager, he's going to school, but he does it virtually through uh, like his goggles and gloves things and that kind of thing. And it's a game, basically, a world that everybody lives in called the Oasis. And the creator of the Oasis has supposedly hidden a Easter egg in there. And there becomes a hunt to find this because then you get to take over the Oasis. Gotcha. Okay, now it's coming back to me. Yeah, see, the whole plot sounds really interesting to me. And it may maybe it was a Not For Me Right Now book. I don't know if I still have it on my shelf somewhere. But yeah, it was one that was probably too much plot for me. And that's why I ended up DNFing it. So this proves, though, you guys, that every book is not for everyone. So that's okay. My rad read of the week is also one that Dawn could not finish. So we have a theme. (laughs) But mine is I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. So for those of you who haven't heard of it, it's a true crime book about the Golden State Killer. And Michelle McNamara is no longer with us, unfortunately. She was investigating, finding the Golden State Killer and digging into this, you know, decades-long mystery And her writing is so evocative of the time and, you know, kind of each murder that happened and all those things. So it's a scary book. You know, all true crime obviously has some level of scariness to it, but there's like an overwhelming sense of like creepiness and dread to this book. So it is not for the faint of heart. And it is sad because she died while finishing this book. Um, And so there's parts at the end where you know, her husband wrote something and they talk about Michelle. So it's also sad, which is a hard thing, you know, for a lot of us to read. And it was sad for me to read, but her writing about it was so great. And true crime is a, a zone that I spend a lot of time in. I like true crime books. That always sounds terrible to say that, you know, <laughs> I enjoy true crime, but it goes back to that thing that I like horror. True crime for me is, you know, usually a win, but hers was like elevated above the other true crime books I have read because just her ability to write was unparalleled to me. So, but Dawn, you couldn't do this one. I could not. And I watch a lot of true crime. We talk a lot of true crime. And I loved Michelle McNamara because she used to make appearances on some of the shows that I like to watch. And so I was super excited for it. And you'd read it and I got the book and I was literally sitting in a parking lot waiting on one of my teenagers in broad daylight, like sun shining everywhere. I am completely safe. I think it made it through the first two chapters and I was just like, nope, I'm completely creeped out now. Can't do this. 
And that is one of those, I really wish it was on my not for now shelf, but it's on my DNF shelf because I know that my heart can't take it. I like to sleep at night. (laughs) (laughs) And I think this is the interesting thing about reading versus watching because Dawn watches all the murder shows. You're you're a person who's always watched those like unsolved mysteries and I don't, what are they all named now? Because I don't watch all of them. Anything on investigation, discovery, evil lives here, unsolved mysteries, the terror next door, all those things. Right. But I think there's a layer of distance there. And the writing and I'll be gone in the dark is so good that that layer of distance just vanished. And I was completely convinced somebody was going to climb in the back of my car and just take me out in broad daylight. And that's when I was like, no, I can't do this. I have to go read this fluffy rom-com now. Yeah. I agree that books are more immersive for me too. Like I can watch documentaries on things that are tougher than I can do reading. Like recently we watched a 9-11 documentary that was terribly sad, really well done. I'll have to put in the show notes what the name of it was because I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was all like people's personal footage of it. Like no talking heads or anything. It was all just like, you know, put together footage. But I also have the book, um, The Only Plane in the Sky on audiobook. And I haven't been able to read it yet um, or listen to it yet because I know it's going to be so much more intense mm-hmm. listening to it as an audiobook than watching a documentary about it. Um, so I have to save that for a time that A, I'm not getting on any planes anytime soon, <laughs> for one, because not one to listen on, you know, on a plane. Um, but also one that I'm in the right mindset that it's, you know, not going to completely just destroy me. And that might not be ever, I have the book, it might not ever get listened to, but yeah, there's definitely a difference for me too, between watching and reading something. So we hope that those Brad Reedy recommendations found homes with some of you. So some of you may hear in it that, yep, I can't read that one, or yes, that's perfect for me, but that will show you that Every book is going to find its own reader and that may not be you and that's okay. So thank you guys for listening to our first episode. We hope we didn't, you know, let you down with our lack of (laughs) knowledge of doing this. We're we're brand new to all this, but we hope that you'll subscribe. We're going to do this weekly. So if you click that subscribe button, you'll make sure not to miss anything. Um, Our Facebook page, like I said, is Rad Reading Podcast. So join us over there and share us with your friends. Yes. We made it through our first episode. Yay. And until next time, we hope every book you pick up is rad reading. Bye, you guys. Bye.